The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. Hey everyone, Josh Norris here with another episode of the Roto World Football Podcast. Preseason week three edition. Hopefully you've enjoyed our last two weeks with Evan Silva. He's back again today. But a few housekeeping notes. First, this is just a two-parter podcast. The first one, this one, is Thursday and Friday games. Second one is all the Saturday games. Um, Second, thank you so much for subscribing and rating and reviewing the podcast wherever you want to. Stitcher, iTunes, Audio Boom, all of the good places. All of them. We're hoping to bring you good content right now, but even more so once the regular season rolls around, three podcasts a week featuring all the great Roto-World content, Raymond Summerlin, Evan Silva, Roto-Pat, Rich Rebar, Nick Minzio, all the guys, including myself. Uh, And third, uh, there's another great podcast out there that you should listen to, especially if you're into NASCAR, the NASCAR on NBC podcast, some pretty good guests as of late. Uh, Tony Stewart, Jimmy Johnson spoke with Nate Ryan, so check it out. It's featured right now on iTunes. You can go click on it there or just search for it. NASCAR on NBC podcast. Um, Once again, week three, Thursday, Friday slate on this episode. And right now, here is Evan Silva. So, Evan, the company line for the third preseason game is that the dress rehearsal, the starters play until the third quarter or into the third quarter, I should say. And only two Thursday games this week. Let's start with the first one. Falcons, Dolphins. Your boy, Mohamed Sanu, Evan, does not look terrible, at least in the preseason, <laughs> which, I mean, not a surprise, but he is going to have opportunity here. Um, mm-hmm. Is this someone that – is he on your do not draft list headed into redraft leagues, redraft drafts, or is he someone you might consider at some price point? No, I definitely consider him at uh, price points. Uh, he's a double digit round pick. He is not a big upside guy as long as Julio is healthy, but his upside could come into play if Julio got hurt. Um, he's like a wide receiver five pick. I like him as an MFL 10 pick. I think he's worth owning in all dynasty leagues. Uh, but I mean, I don't, you you know, you're you're not drafting him to be a starter early in the season. You're not viewing him as that. He's, he's bench depth. And really we, we didn't say he was a bad player. It's just the money that we, they gave him was, was kind of the eye popping part of the whole thing. 
Um, Brandon mm-hmm. Wilds, it seems we talked about him last week, seemed to lock up that, that mm-hmm. third running back job so far. I do want to talk about Devontae Freeman, though, because he had another receiving touchdown, I believe, in this game. Or no, it wasn't receiving. It was a rushing touchdown outside the outside the 20. Um, mm-hmm. But he's, he looks good still, man. Like he, he made bust first round pick. Justin Gilbert missed at the line of scrimmage and then took it in. I, I, I'm still on the Devontae train here. Absolutely headed in. Mid to late second round, he's always available, and I'm always snatching him up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they are trying to work in Tevin. I mean, it's about an even split with the ones so far, and I think that we can kind of expect that. But uh, maybe you know they they want to do that. They want to do that. It's just will they be able to do that because they have a bad defense, right? And they're going to be in a, playing from behind a lot. And Devonta Freeman has a huge edge. Uh, as a passing game player and we know that he's better I mean he, he's built better and the way that he runs I think is better uh, down near the goal line so he's going to get the money touches you know he's going to be catching passes he's going to be scoring touchdowns and Tevin Coleman is going to be uh, I think ultimately a, a change of pace back who in an ideal world they can get him eight to 12 carries a game but you know games don't always work out uh, the way that teams want him to go. There's a lot to talk about with the Dolphins. I believe Arian Foster will make his debut in this game. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. They, they. Well, he he did play a little bit in the last game. Okay. He, he just got buried uh, behind the line of scrimmage. Uh, I think he had like negative five rushing yards. But you know, don't <laughs> don't really have any takeaways right. from that. Um, but yeah, I want to I want to get a longer look at him. I mean, I like to look at the young players in preseason, and I like to look at players coming off of injury. And we should get an extended look here at, at Arian Foster. Have you enjoyed your long look at Isaiah Peed this preseason? I haven't even seen him, honestly. <laughs> well, he no, I mean he he's actually done some yeah. things this preseason, Evan. He has with the Dolphins, and mm-hmm. maybe this is a pointless question, but it seems like he's going to be maybe even the third or fourth running back when this season starts because there was even a report earlier today that Kenyon Drake might start the season on injured reserve or um, and then they have Damian Williams as well but I'm not saying you roster Isaiah Pete here but he's certainly been in some ways a solid play in preseason well he's locked onto the 53 because he plays special teams okay so you know how many RBs are they going to keep will they keep Three and then IR Kenyon Drake. Will they keep four, including Damian Williams and IR uh, Kenyon Drake? I mean, uh, he's he's on the team, and he's someone to keep in the back of our mind. I mean, for as big of a disappointment as he was in St. Louis, he was a second, second round, round pick, pick in the NFL. Yeah, you know, li- like you mentioned, he's been productive in, in the preseason, and he's behind Jay Ajayi, who has you know some injury concerns, and Arian Foster, who probably. It's inevitable that he will miss some time. So Isaiah Pede is, is a guy to keep in mind. Kenny Stills is another guy who went off last week in the preseason game. Mm-hmm. Um, had some red zone targets. That doesn't necessarily seem to be his game once the season you know starts. But at best, what? He's the third mouth defeat in this passing game. So while he has looked impressive this preseason, that's not necessarily something we can carry over into, hey, he's definitely going to get opportunities in the regular season. Right. I, you know, just the story is that he's clearly ahead of Leontay Carew right now. And which so is he's going to, which is noteworthy yeah. because the, the team really um, targeted Carew in the draft as someone that they definitely wanted to get. Yeah. And I mean, you know, he's Leontay Carew. I think we, we, we all like him. 
you know, maybe to, to varying degrees, but, uh, he's, you know, he's a rookie and that, that'll happen for a rookie. But I mean, he, he could become a factor at some point. He's just not right now. Cowboys and Seahawks is the only other Thursday game. This is the debut of Ezekiel Elliott. I just got him at 109 um, in in one draft. I felt really good about that. I mean, I know that you have mentioned that he might be ranked, if he was healthy heading into the season, as your running back one. Should we withhold? I mean, you can't withhold optimism here because if you want him in your draft, you're going to have to take him really without maybe seeing him other than this preseason game because this might be the only time we will see him before the season starts. Yeah, and, and again, he's he's a rookie. Um, so he – you know, it stinks that he missed so much time. I mean, he missed like three weeks of camp and Alfred Morris has been great. Uh, and the, the defense is a huge concern for game script and he just hasn't gotten a lot of reps with Tony Romo. Um, but he, he will get that this week. I think it's a big week for Ezekiel Elliott. I want to see him play well. They're they're facing Seattle. He's expected to get eight to 12 touches, which is a pretty good workload, uh, for a preseason game. And, you know, don't want to see him out there missing blitzes, you right. know, um, which, want to see him making the most at, of his carries. He started at Ohio State. Like, he might be right. the best blocking ball carrier we've seen in the past few years. Not only as, like, a pass protector, but also as, like, a lead blocker in some mm-hmm. scenarios. Uh, so I'm right there with you. I was going to say the same thing. His passing down ability is something that hopefully stands out in this game. And and, I mean, and keep in mind that that doesn't always necessarily immediately translate. You remember we loved Devonta Freeman, uh, him as a a pass protection guy coming out of Florida state, but he actually struggled in pass pro as a, as an NFL rookie. So it doesn't always necessarily translate super seamlessly. Uh, but, but, you know, I, I think the, you know, that, that's definitely, that was definitely a strength on Ezekiel Elliott's scouting report and I don't want to see him give up any sacks and blitz protection of Tony Romo because that, I mean, that would be a huge concern if that happened. There's, oh, oh, and by yeah. the way, Josh, uh, Brian Brodus of Cowboys.com thinks that Darren McFadden is going to open the season on the NFI list, which is wow. the equivalent to the PUP list and would cost him the first six games. Just something to file away. Definitely. And that means that probably Darius Jackson is the third running back who has looked athletic, yeah. obviously, during the preseason. Seattle, uh, CJ Procise, I believe, is back at practice. I think Alex Collins has looked slow and not very good during his time this preseason. Obviously, it's you can't extrapolate too much off of that because it's just a handful of carries. But um, Hashtag per- as expected. It is, but I mean, some there, there was positive buzz throughout the preseason, throughout the offseason about Alex right. Collins because he was the only healthy one other than Kristen Michael. Just to me, he, he just looks like a guy, Evan. And and if ProSize comes in there, and there'll be different types of ball carriers, but if ProSize looks good and there's Thomas Rawls already likely coming back for week one, I think there was a report that he's going to be ready for week one. I mean, there's nothing there for Alex Collins at all. Yeah, so you got Rawls and C. Mike locked into roster spots. Right. C.J. Procise, I mean, he's locked into a roster spot. He was a third round pick, and he's healthy now. And then this kid Troy Main Pope, the UDFA, who I had never even heard of. I have not heard of him before. Before this, he's been ripping it up in the preseason, mm-hmm. and the Seahawks are a team that is, you know, phys- phil- philosophically bound to hey. 
you know, if you win a competition, like we're, we're not, you know, we're not going to keep right. So I'll be interested to see if they end up keeping Troy main Pope and maybe try to get Alex Collins onto the practice squad or, you know, cut him. I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll see, but I think it's an interesting competition that, you know, no one's really talking about right now. A big storyline has been Tyler Lockett playing fewer snaps than Jermaine curse um, with the quote first team offense. Adam Levitan uh, has done some great work on tracking and, and charting, First team preseason reps. So go check out that. But Tyler Lockett, I believe, has played 17 of 30, while Jermaine Curse has played 25 of 30. I think we can all agree that Tyler Lockett is the superior talent, but we always talk about opportunity. So for his ADP, and I, and I keep drafting Tyler Lockett because I, I like his upside and I like his talent, but the opportunity just might not be there to really warrant where he's going in drafts right now. Yeah, I mean, you know, you can envision a scenario where the season starts where like three or four games in the season and Tyler Lockett has like target totals of, you know, four, five, six and four or something like that. And, you know, it, it, it would be it would be like at that point, it would become time to be like, you know, what? what's the going to be the deal with this guy? I mean, I think ultimately this is going to be a three receiver offense, um, but the Seahawks did give Doug Baldwin and Jermaine curse money this off season. And um, Tyler Lockett has not been promoted over Jermaine curse. who I think that they still see as their best blocking receiver. Hmm. So um, that would, would lock curse into the, into the two receiver sets and, and maybe he would play in the one receiver formations as well. Um, but yeah, Tyler Lockett is, is a tricky one because we know that he has the talent. It's just how many targets is he going to get? You know, is he going to miss big chunks of snaps? And he's a um, he's sort of a boomer bust guy right now, I think. First game on Friday is Patriots and Panthers. With this Deion Lewis news, Evan, how much does that help James White and one finding an opportunity once the regular season rolls around and really pushing him towards maybe even being a out-of-the-box DFS play week one um, because he has a firm role in this offense as the pass-catching running back. He does. He does. Um, We think. I mean, We do think. We never know. (laughs) Right. Assuming that, you know, Tyler Gaffney doesn't cut into that role. Um, Assuming that DJ Foster doesn't cut into that role. I mean, I don't think that DJ Foster will, but, you know, people, it was like James White hype week uh, last week, and I, I... you know, you, you can go back and look at the stats that James White put up in the second half of last year. And I mean, he, he scored some touchdowns. He had uh, some big receiving weeks, but that was with LeGarrette Blunt out for the year. And the Patriots were rendered a, a one-dimensional offense. They right. didn't have Julian Edelman. They didn't have LeGarrette Blunt. Gronkowski missed some time during that stretch. Amendola missed some time. Um, so, I don't know if, if that, you know, that little sample size is predictive for how things are going to be. Uh, Tom Brady, of course, was playing, and now we have Jimmy Garoppolo for the first four games. So James White is not someone that I'm aggressively trying to get in right. fantasy, and I've started to see him go pretty high, like in, in the single-digit rounds. And, yeah, I did too. Yeah, so uh, you know, I'm just I'm probably gonna just let other people draft him, and I want Legarrette Blunt on my fantasy team hmm. this year. Uh, he has 23 touchdowns and 30 career games as a Patriot, uh, and you know. If this offense, I mean, there is a conceivable scenario wherein the Patriots, instead of 
you know, playing like one dimensional pass first offense, they try to pound the ball with LeGarrette Blunt to hide their quarterback um, in, in the first month of the season, right. especially that week two game against Miami. Uh, where the Patriots will be back at home, I think that that will be for them to fire up LeGarrette Blunt. Moving on to the Panthers, we talked at length last week about Devin Funches versus Ted Ginn versus Calvin Benjamin. Mm-hmm. If you go back and, and read an interview with with the offensive coordinator, he talked about they want Calvin Benjamin to play 30 snaps in this game, and then they'll see from a- after that. Look, I, I understand, and we don't have to rehash this completely, that Devin Funches has looked great this preseason. Ted Ginn looked great last week on that one pass that he took 61 yards and they kind of benched him the rest of the time because they didn't need to see anything else. Um, I still think, unless something drastically changes, unless they want to send some message to Kelvin, which I don't think they want to do, it's going to be Kelvin and Ted Ginn opening in two wide receiver sets when the season rolls around and slipping Funches in there. But I did like your idea, Evan, that it might be more of a rotation than we first thought, one, based on last year, and two, just based on Kelvin's status and Funches emerging this offseason. It's going to be a really interesting situation, and hopefully we get a better read uh, in, in the third preseason game where the Panthers should treat this one like a, like a legit game. Funches' first-team exposure did Im- uh, rise in the second preseason game. Right. Um, and there was no, it, there was it, no it, Burson, correct? Yeah. So I think that whereas Good point. He, he did not play – Ahead of Burson or necessarily behind him, Burson was receiving first team snaps in week one. Do, do you think that Kelvin Benjamin is like the alpha 1A wide receiver like A.J. Green, Julio Jones in this offense? I think they view him as their X and in their offense. Mm-hmm. And Cam has said this in the past. The X is their guy. Now, I do think that Devin Funches is second team X, right? But also mm-hmm. can be your second team Y or your second team Z or wherever you want to put him, he can really play anywhere. Um, lose him in the slot, use him out, outside. And I, I, as as much as it's kind of been a new storyline the past one or two weeks, it seems like they are worried about Kelvin's conditioning, that they don't think he can be on the field for 65 plays a game. But I think when he is in the ball game, he is their primary target. We just have to guess right now how many snaps he's going to play. And in this one, it all signs point to him playing at least 30 and into the third quarter. Gotcha. So, okay, Bills, Redskins is the next one. Evan, LaShawn McCoy looks awesome, nasty, yeah. disgusting, amazing um, against the Giants. I mean, we know that the Giants never invest in linebackers at all early. They just take, like, everyone else's first team or first-round running back or first-round linebackers and then throw them money towards the end of their careers and then they retire. But the, the Sean McCoy was just dominating. Um, I, like, if he is there on the board, um, he he's going to generate a ton of interest from me because just of how great he looks. And we know that the opportunity is obviously there because behind him, it seems like Reggie Bush is kind of pushing Mike Gillisley in some ways. Yes. And LaShawn McCoy, I mean, I thought it returned for him last year where he, he started to look dynamic again and like one of the most elusive backs in football because he wasn't that in 2014 with Philadelphia. He had a he was a rough watch in 2014, uh, but it, it came back for him last year when he was healthy. He had a, had a 10-game stretch where he had at least 100 total yards and or a touchdown in 10 straight games, mm. um, and, and it's, it's definitely back for him. 
Uh, one factor working against him is that our strength of schedule analyst Warren Sharp has the Bills with the toughest run defense schedule in the league this year. Um, that may not apply as much to the Bills, though, because they are such an impose-our-will kind of run, rushing offense where they have a running quarterback and they have one of the best RBs in the league. And I just did the Fantasy Feast with uh, Ross Tucker, and he also has them with an, an, a, like a top 10 offensive line. Hmm. Um, so not as big of a concern, but I'm with you. And his price is good. The Shady McCoy's price is good. I mean, he usually goes third round right. as like the eighth, ninth, tenth running back off the board. And, I mean, you can make a, carry, a case that if he stays healthy, he could lead the NFL in carries. You know, he can be up there in terms of rushing efficiency. He doesn't have uh, Carlos Williams around to, to vulture TDs. Right. You know, he, he, he looked great he, as a receiver against the Giants, too. He is he is a good receiver. He had a pretty good receiving. He wasn't fully healthy last year, so he didn't put up monster volume as a passing game back. But he had a pretty good year as a receiver last year. So I, I'm with you, man. I love Shady McCoy as a third-round fantasy pick. I spoke with J.P. Finley, who's the Redskins yep. beat writer for uh, CSN Mid-Atlantic this week. We did like a 30-minute Facebook live stream. Um, and so I wanted to make sure to ask him about Rob Kelly versus Keith Marshall because there was that three-day span about Keith Marshall, yada, 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 yada. And, and he says that Rob Kelly is clear, clearly the superior player in the coach's eyes right now. With that said, Matt Jones may be likely back for week one. It seems like the only running back that I'm considering, and I'm definitely considering him at his price right now, is Chris Thompson because he has a defined role. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and if this team that the Redskins have a really tough schedule this year, uh, and teams are going to be able to, I think, run the ball against the Redskins. I love their boundary corners. Yeah, and I like I like you know some of their pass rushers, but I think the teams will be able to run the ball against them. And uh, they they have a, a tough schedule, and their best pa- their best talent is in the passing game, like by like clearly. So they could very easily be a team that's throwing the ball 35, 40 times a game. That would put Chris Thompson in a great spot. Actually, in Rich Rebar's bold predictions article, uh, which came out on Monday, which is fantastic, he predicted that Chris Thompson would be this year's Theo Riddick and mm-hmm. lead all NFL running backs in I like receptions. That. I like that. I like it too. I mean, Chris Thompson's got to stay healthy to do that, and he's never done that going back to FSU. Right. But if he does stay healthy, he can be a weekly asset in PPR leagues. I, I think I'm out on Matt Jones at this point, yep. Josh. I, I, I did not want to see dude get hurt in preseason. Already had enough questions about him as a player. And the only reason we and were now in now we see him get hurt. Right. Right. So I'm just I'm I'm backing off. I'm and out. it is noteworthy to say that Josh Jackson has shed his walking boot and that he's running on the sideline, but that's all he's doing. So yeah, uh, he's still going pretty like way too early for me to draft him in anything um, because we haven't even seen him, even though he's a great talent. And and even when he is healthy, it's not like he's going to be immediately inserted into three wide receiver sets because they want Jamison Crowder in the slot. It seems like in every time that they run a three wide receiver set. Um, yeah, can't can't really draft Josh Doxson at right. this point. Steelers Saints. So, Sammy Coates preseason week one, dreadful. Sammy Coates preseason week two, bad. So now it is Eli Rogers in three wide receiver sets as a slot guy with Marcus Wheaton on the outside. Like it, 
obviously that they like they liked Sammy Coates' off offseason, right? Beat writers like Sammy Coates' offseason. So maybe at some point he reemerges as that third wide receiver. But again, this is someone at his price I am not touching because I, I just cannot count on him. Even when he's given the opportunity, he hasn't shown he can take advantage of it this preseason at all. Yeah, and I guess you know the the drumbeat is that Sammy Coates is now a buy low, but you know when it's week four and he's a healthy scratch, uh, and he's getting out produced by, and he's getting out produced by DHB. Right. Um, <laughs> that 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 buy that buy low is uh, is not going to look too too bright. I'm with you. So I mean, we 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 yeah. talked about it with with the Redskins because it is the Steelers and Redskins in Week One. And I think someone brought up this point online. I can't remember who it was. But the boundary corners for the Redskins are very good, right? The outside yes. guys. Could Eli Rogers be a sneaky play as the slot guy working the inside, working the interior? Because it is a, a slot camp battle right now for the Redskins defining. It might have been you who brought this up, Evan, by the way. Um, so is, is Eli Rogers even in the conversation as someone? Because he's going to be super cheap that week one. Yeah, he's stone minimum price on FanDuel. Right. Um, I want to see the. This is the the preseason game that I'm going to make sure I'm watching. Got it. Uh, because I want to see. I want to see if Coates gets reps with Ben, and the ones. I, I think he will, but how many will he get? You know, Darius Hayward Bay is locked onto the game day roster because he's the four and he plays special teams. And right now, Ed Bouchette of the Pittsburgh Post Gazette, one of the you know best re- beat writers, like of all time. I mean, he's like a Hall of Fame beat writer, um, and he still you know has has his finger squarely on the pulse of the Steelers. He thinks the three receiver set is Eli Rogers in the slot, Marcus Wheaton at flanker, Antonio uh, Brown at X. So, um, I mean, you know, I I want to see like. If there's chemistry with Ben and Eli, um, I want to see, yeah, because that matchup on paper is pretty nice for for Eli Rogers week one. The Redskins have Bashad Breeland and Josh Norman. Those guys are going to be on the outside, and they wanted Kendall Fuller to win the slot corner job, but he's not ready. So they turned to a guy by the name of Deshaun Phillips. Uh, Right now, it looks like they're slot corner. fake name. That's a fake name. Uh, <laughs> let's, let's go to the Saints. Uh, reports this week that Kobe Fleener is slow to develop, Evan. Uh, it seems like we've heard that for the last yeah. four years. <laughs> <laughs> um, he's being drafted as what? Like, in some cases, the fourth tight end, the fifth tight end, the, the sixth tight end. Like, I understand opportunity is there, but if he's not firmly as the tight end one heading into the season – do you feel comfortable with him at that price? I mean, I've got him, I think, tight end four. Yeah. Uh, I'm kind of not really – maybe I should be paying more attention to this kind of stuff. You know, maybe this will come back to bite me, but I, I, I can't imagine that he's not out there playing 70% of the snaps in week one. Yeah. I mean, I, I, that that's really hard for me to imagine after they after they gave him a big contract – I mean, we, we're not, it's not like we're hearing that other guys are running ahead of him. True. It's just that not everything has been perfect so far, and they're still trying to build, which, I mean, I, you know, sh- shouldn't be that b- big of a surprise. But, I mean, I, I'm not moving him down right now. 
I thought it was cool to see Daniel Lasco get some run early on. So it seems like because of special teams and, and kind of his workload so far in preseason week two, that Lasco might be locked on that roster, which I like because he's a spark freak. Uh, Browns bucks. Yeah, and, Mar- and, Mar- and Marcus Murphy is like dropping punts. So um, that could that could be a way for Lasco to get get on the team. I mean, apparently he's already one of their better special teams players, Lasco. Nice. nice. Browns bucks. So much to talk about with the Browns. This is going to be our first exposure to Josh Gordon, Corey Coleman, and Terrell Pryor, correct? They're all practicing. Dude, that is a dope <laughs> three-receiver set. Think, think about, like, just run three verts, guy. Well, four verts with Gary Barnage, too, and just, like, let them work. Right. Let them work. Our, RG3 is, like, he's set up to, to succeed. I it, mean, it would be hilarious if they had a better offense this year than the Redskins. Just based on like yeah. where the Browns were last year with their wide receiver core, and and then bringing in RG three, and RG three has made some some tremendous throws. Now I will say they were from clean pockets, so let's you know yeah halt the presses a bit there. But I mean that throw to Gary Barnage was unreal. It was outstanding, and there was another one to Terrell Pryor too. Terrell Pryor is looking mighty fine as at least at the very least a vertical receiver who can run by just about anyone who is also tall. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Um, he has a, he, well, he dusted Desmond Trufant and then, uh, the Browns had joint practices with the Bucks this week and he's dusting, uh, Brent Grimes. Um, so I mean, I, it looks like he's ready. It looks like he's ready. And then they got Richard Higgins, you know, I, I, I will be interested to see, do they feed Josh Gordon this week? Because, there was this report that just kind of came out of nowhere. I was going to ask Schefter. you about this. Yeah, I was yeah. going to ask you about this. That the Browns have all of a sudden we hear that ooh the Browns have been hearing hearing inquiries about trade inquiries about Josh Gordon, which is like, well, yeah, I mean that it just came out of nowhere. It was like unprovoked. Right. So did the did the Browns tell that to to Schefter or whatever? And they and they want to unload him because they probably want to keep a lot of guys on well, the just, roster. They, they, use, they what, just drafted four draft four picks one, on yep, wideouts. Yep, just yeah. drafted four guys. And of course, they're going to keep Terrell Pryor because he's a starter. I mean, I, I I think they might they might. I mean, the the thing is that how much could they really get for Josh Gordon? Right. But but if they could get like a third round pick, like a conditional third round pick, like I, I think they might they might they consider might that. that. Yeah, I was going to ask you if, yeah. if you thought that this was being fed by the Browns because it makes makes a ton of sense. Finally, with the Browns, Isaiah Crowell is out snapping Duke Johnson yeah. in this uh, backfield. I think it's twenty two to sixteen. I think Levitan ch- charted that again. Look, I think we all agree that Duke Johnson is the more talented player. He's much more of a big play threat. He's the better fantasy play. But if his role is kind of just to that passing down um, and also being mixed in in some running work. Does this give you some pause based on where he's being drafted right now? And Duke Johnson was a guy that I, I got a lot of shares in, in, in May in MFL tens, right. you know? Um, and I, I don't, and where I was taking him like fourth, fifth turn, you know, I, I, I wish that I wouldn't have done that. I mean, I think his value, the arrow on his value is going down. Mm-hmm. And really at this point, he's someone that I want to avoid. Wow. Um, you know, you, you combine the concern that you just mentioned to where he, he's not, he's not the feature back. Like, like it looked at one point like he could with the fact that 
Um, the dual threat quarterbacks, the running backs on those teams have not had big high volume reception seasons historically. Right. I mean, you look at, That's look at point. cam, you know, Jonathan Stewart had 16 catches last year. Yeah. Um, look at, uh, Alfred Morris. I mean, not that he, you know, he may, he probably just can't even catch, but I mean, no one was catching passes <laughs> in those RG three offenses in Washington. Right. Russell Wilson, look at his running backs. They never caught a ton of passes. Um, in Tennessee, Chris Johnson didn't have huge reception ceilings with, uh, with, with Vince Young or Jake Locker. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I think that that is a concern. Like with Duke Johnson, if he only catches 45 passes this year, we know he's not going to score a lot of touchdowns. Yeah. You know, how, where, where is he going to get fantasy value? Yeah. Um, that, that's a, that's a big concern because, you know, RG3, instead of dumping it down, you know, checking it down to Duke, he might just take off running and that, that would cut into Duke's reception total. On the Bucks, there's very little to talk about. It seems like there is ASJ versus Cameron Brait though. Like for a couple of weeks, everyone was just crapping on Safarian Jenkins. Right. But I Mm -hmm. think he's looked decent from what I've seen. And it seems like he's getting some opportunity to maybe earn that spot back. So while I was targeting Cameron Brait later on, in fantasy drafts because it seemed like he was going to be the projected number one tight end. That now also seems uncertain. But is this just a situation you're just going to avoid completely? Mostly. I mean, I'll look at ASJ late. It's just I don't really like to draft two tight ends unless I'm getting like Eifert in the eighth round. And then, I, you know, I, I want to come back with Gates usually. Yeah. Um, but ASJ has big upside. He, he always has had big upside, big touchdown scoring upside. Um, and you know, I think that this team with Dirk Cutter now is the, the HC, they have a lot, they have a much, much, much more difficult schedule this year. They should be throwing the ball more often. So, um, that could lead to some more opportunity for ASJ. Uh, pro football focus has given him awesome grades for his blocking hmm. So far in preseason, and we're talking about really limited sample sizes, but that could be an indication that the light is starting to flip on and ASJ is busting his ass out there blocking uh, because that that's not necessarily something that was a big strength for him in, in his in his first what two NFL seasons. Packers and 49ers is the final game on Friday. Evan, there's a lot of Jared Cook buzz right now. There's a lot of Jared Aberderis buzz right now. Positive on both accounts. Pick one of those and run with it. Which one? I, I, I'm not really into Jared Cook, and I mean, I get the, I get the, um, the, you know, why people are into him. He gets to play with Aaron Rodgers. He's cheap, um, but I think ultimately that's just going to be a timeshare with Richard Rodgers, and we're not going to know who to start week to week. I don't think that Richard Rodgers is going to go away. Um, Jared Cook, never a good blocker, never a good uh, red zone target. And I mean, I think he's a situational player in Green Bay and maybe he'll tease every every now and again, but I don't think he's going to be getting consistent targets. Jared Aberderis, can he beat out Devontae Adams, who the Packers want to succeed desperately? Um, you know, I mean, he Jared Aberderis needs to straight up beat out De- Devontae Adams to, to get, get on the the right. field consistently, right. right? I'm getting Devontae Adams still like 15th, 16th round in these MFLs and feeling like 
Okay, I don't like Devontae Adams as a player, but I'm feeling pretty good about that because he is the third wide receiver right now. I'm also getting James mm-hmm. Starks in like the 14th, and I'm loving that because, correct me yeah. if I'm wrong, but at times last year, he was the feature back in the red zone, right? He was getting all of those touches and Eddie Lacy was not. And obviously that converts into points or it's more likely that he'll get touchdowns if he's the red zone back. I mean, it seems obvious, but... To me, that's that's the way I go with my my thought process. Yeah, I mean, I don't think he'll be the locked in as the the red zone back this year, but I do think that he's locked in as the primary passing game back. He has not given up a sack in pass protection since 2011, uh, and last year he set career highs in receptions and receiving yards. So I think he he is locked in. I think he's going to have a stable week to week role, and then he hits really big if Eddie Lacy gets hurt. 49ers, Evan, it's all bad. Like, it's all bad. Like, Blaine Gabbard is horrendous. Just yeah. terrible. He was missing swing passes again and all this stuff. <laughs> and and you put the kiss of death on on Mike Davis. Like, Mike Davis was bad this week, too. And and we've talked all offseason about how much we like Bruce Ellington. But can you even draft someone on this team at all? I think at this point, if you own Torrey Smith or if you want to own Torrey Smith or Carlos Hyde, you really want Colin Kaepernick to be the starting quarterback. You, you really want that to happen. Uh, but, but that could be bad news for Bruce Ellington though and for Vance McDonald. Yeah. I mean, it, yeah, they, they, their personnel is garbage. It's, it's so, so um, bad. This team is yeah, so bad. I, and, and, it, and I mean, unless you really believe that Chip Kelly has magic then uh, I don't know how you could put a lot of faith in this offense. Even even Carlos Hyde, who, who people really want to love, yeah. um, you know, horrible schedule, musical chairs on the offensive line, don't know who the quarterback's going to be. You know, it could just be a three-and-out offense. Lots of plays, lots of three-and-outs. It's just amazing that in 2016, Blaine Gabbard's a starting quarterback. Once again, thank you so much for listening and obviously for rating and reviewing the podcast. I know it takes – 15, 30, 45 seconds, just depends on how fast of a typer you are, but it really does help us. It helps us reach new viewers, new listeners. So if you enjoy it, please do us a favor and do that on iTunes, on Stitcher, wherever you, wherever you listen. Um, once again, it helps us out and subscribe, obviously, because we'll obviously have a podcast next week for week four of the preseason. We'll also have three podcasts a week during the regular NFL season. And if you don't see it, download the companion podcast of this one for all the Saturday preseason games. But until next week, I'll talk to you all soon. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Start clean with Clorox. Because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... Hey, listen. Remember how you told me to toss those takeout containers before we left for vacation? And you were like, I'm serious. If that leaks over the counter, it'll be a slimy abomination by the time I get back. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Don't worry about it. I won't forget. (laughs) Well. Ooh, yeah. That happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. Rinse after use if in contact with food surface.